person in this room than anywhere else. Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. Yes, it's Thursday. What's happening? Today is Thursday. I don't even know what that means. I don't know either. Weekend's almost here. Weekend's here tomorrow. You know, my daughter's going to the prom tomorrow, so we've been getting her. I thought your daughter Ben went to the prom. No, we, she was yeah, getting a dress. Yeah, been talking about this prom for a while. We had to get the dress. You know, <laughs> getting a dress is important. You went to the prom before. Isn't getting a dress really important? Yeah, and you got to make sure you don't get the same dress that the other girls have. So you try to go to the, you know, strangest places or different places. So, so we found the dress. So where did your daughter go when she went out with that little boy? On a date. They went to... Uh, Poker bowl, a boca bowl. Oh, they went to poker. Poker bowl. Drop one of the bombs for that young man. Wow. Wow. Oh my goodness. Poker bowl, a boca bowl, whatever it's called. Whatever y'all got going on in that house. I I can't believe you let her go to poker bowl. I can't believe it. It's a juice bar. Damn it. Why didn't they go to Juices for Life? I'm not. You think I'm gonna let them drive from Jersey to Brooklyn that uh, that far in the car alone? No. They'll avoid them going to a place that starts with poke. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. All right, I don't, they can't even go to the Poconos. No, right. definitely not Poconos. All right, no, <laughs> it's right around the block. It's a juice bar. All right, can they play Pokemon? No, I don't know. <laughs> Let's change the subject. Hi Mike, guys, Michael, Hi. Eric, Michael Eric Dyson will be here this morning. Yes, Michael Eric Dyson will be uh, chatting with us this morning. Also, Diddy, Diddy will be checking in. Of course, the four uh, comes back tonight, season two. Mm-hmm. So. We'll kick it with Diddy as well. What, he's calling? Because isn't, he, isn't he in L.A.? He's in L.A., yeah. yeah. they're doing oh, the okay. fourth, so in LA. he Yeah, so he'll be checking in. He'll be calling in. What do you guys do? Anything, anything uh, yesterday? I had my book club yesterday. Oh, how was that? It was really, really dope. Cecile uh, Richards was there. She mm-hmm. was the president of Planned Parenthood for 12 years. We had her mm. up here on the Breakfast Club as well. She has a book out yeah. called Make Trouble. It was definitely like a town hall meeting. It was really dope that a lot of people came out to tell their own individual stories and ask questions. We had one person there who's uh, suffering from mental health illnesses, and mm-hmm. he was talking about how um, being not able to get work because... I guess he's inconsistent. There's certain times when he has to get on his medication and he was talking about not being able to afford medication and all kinds of issues and just basically needs a job, but the system isn't set up for him to succeed, he feels like. Mm, I feel bad for anybody having to go to uh, planned... Was it Planned Parenthood? Why do you feel bad for them? Why do you feel bad for them? Because, you know... Charlamagne, you know too. On the way to the barbershop, there's a Planned Hollywood there. A Planned Hollywood? A Planned Parenthood. (laughs) (laughs) Go to Planned Hollywood to get an abortion. This guy is crazy, man. You need to just shut up and start the show at this point. I don't want to hear your talk. I got to finish my story now. Because they're always out there striking and they're always out there protesting. And anybody that ever has to go inside, they have to deal with going through that. And I always feel bad for the people that that have to go in there. And let's be clear. Planned Parenthood does not just provide abortions. They do all kinds of services. It's all kinds of preventative methods. Mm-hmm. They do birth control. They do screenings, testings, mammograms, STI testing, all of that. So it's not just about 
uh, abortions. Abortion, I know yeah. people First think that, but, but they are protesting all, all kinds no of sense. affordable health care for people. Any Planet Hollywood that's doing abortions out of it need to be protested. All right? So I'm all for Planet Hollywood that are doing abortions <laughs> being protested. All right? I don't know oh, what y'all man. talking about this morning. Okay. Could you start the show? Are already? you done? <laughs> are you done? Are you finished? <laughs> <laughs> Front page news, what we talk about, ye? We're going to talk about a new restaurant called IHOB. All right. Okay. Okay. That's how we're going to start it this morning. All All right. right, All right. All right, well, let's do it. All right, I hop when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yeah, morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela yeah, Lee, yeah. Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, the Warriors team is just unfair. Last night, now, the Warriors beat the Cavs 110 to 102. They lead the series 3 nothing. Now, you do got to stop saying the Warriors team is unfair. It is. They are. I mean, we've seen the Warriors get beat before. Well, I guess not with Kevin Durant, but. No, whatever. we haven't. I mean, last night, Curry was off. He only had nine points in like into the, the the fourth quarter, and Durant was on fire. He scored over, I think he scored close to 40 points, over 40. He was getting so big, he was hitting everything. Like, they are. When Curry has a bad game, the other team should win. No. Why? You still got Kevin Durant. You still got Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. Exactly. That's why it's unfair. <laughs> <Stop>. It's unfair. <laughs> I only watched the first half and then I went to sleep. I was like, I can't. Cavaliers were doing great the first yeah, half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can't. I thought they might win. Yeah. No, well, didn't. they didn't. Uh, let's talk about IHOP. Yes, IHOP is changing their name to IHOB. IHOB. So that chain has been around for 60 years. They've had that IHOP name since 1973. That's garbage, by the way. We don't know what the B stands for yet, but they did a poll. International House of Breakfast. And uh, 41% of people wanted it to mean bacon for some reason. It's be bre- Th- that would not make me want to go there. It's going to be breakfast, I'm sure. Yeah, and that, it only makes sense, but they have not released what it's going to mean yet. Or why would they even change why their name Why would they do that? All? That sounds whack. Like, that sounds terrible. It sounds, IHOP is still good. It sounds gross. I'm not eating that IHOP. Let's go to IHOP. That don't yeah, sound nasty it to you. It sounds disgusting. It, it sounds like you're wobbling nasty. around. It reminds like reminds you of slob. <laughs> what else uh, we talking about? Uh, now let's talk about Alice Marie Johnson, and she's the one that Kim Kardashian West went to go visit Donald Trump for to get her free. She's a 63 year old grandmother. She was sent to jail in 1996 on a nonviolent drug charge, her first ever charge, and she's just been released from prison after she was granted clemency by Donald Trump. They said she had been a model prisoner and worked hard to rehabilitate herself and Kim Kardashian had been lobbying for her release. Now here is what Alice Marie Johnson had to say after just finding out from Kim Kardashian she would be freed and when she got out. I knew I had an attorney call but I still didn't know what it was and when they all came on then I heard Kim Kardashian's voice and she was the one who told me that I was that it had happened that I was free that I was, I was going to rejoin my family. <laughs> Hey, man, drop on the clues bombs for Kim Kardashian, okay? I'm so happy. 22 years behind bars, and now she's finally, finally free. She was also on the phone with Anderson Cooper, who had her daughter there, and here they are. I want to say to President Trump, I am going to make you proud that you gave me this second chance in life, and I will not disappoint the American public or the world who has so much faith in me. All I can say is thank you, President Trump. And I love you, President Trump. Thank you. And I want to tell Kim, my war angel, you never gave up on me. You never gave up your fight. You were relentless, and it has paid off beautifully for me and my family on this day. That's great. Once again, for the millionth time, I've been telling y'all, Donald Trump is not a president. He's a celebrity in chief. Politicians don't speak his language, but other celebrities probably do. So if this is what it takes, arm celebrities with the right information and let them go talk to that man and make some things so, happen. So let me ask you a question. Are, are, you know, are people mad now that 
Steve Harvey went to talk to him or Kanye went to talk to him. Well, none of them got anything done. All they got was photo ops. Or, or Meek Mill was going to try to talk to him. I don't think Meek should have went to speak to him. Like, I mean, listen, you got, listen, you know what Trump likes. He likes TNA. Send the TNA and then go get oh, the A-list goodness. celebrities with the TNA. He likes the photo and, and, op, but you have to go with, with the, the right you have to have a purpose. And let them go in there and engage, all right? And by the way, don't let your politics or your bias or your hate for Kim and her family get in the way of progress. Be happy for that lady, uh, yeah, Alice. That was amazing. Alice Johnson was, this morning. Alice Marie Johnson was released. 22 all right. years. All, all right. right. Well, that's front page news. Now, when we come back, Diddy is going to be checking in. Of course, The Four is on tonight. So we're going to kick it with Diddy, talk about The Four and everything that's going on with him. So don't move. We're going to talk to Diddy when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Usually, we do get it off your chest, but hey, Puff's on the line. Of course, the four comes back tonight, and we're talking to Diddy. Puff, what up? What's up, y'all? The world's famous Breakfast Club, black excellence at its finest. How are y'all doing this morning? What's we up, bless bro? black and highly favored, sir. So the four is back. I, I seen you on your mission. The four is back. Yeah, it's back, man. And I premiere it tonight, tonight at 8 p.m. on Fox. Use the hashtag, the four. We're going to be um, looking and giving back responses to everybody in real time. And will we be getting the, uh, we're going to find out what happened to uh, Evie, Evie? How you pronounce her name? Yeah, yes, yes. I can tell you that. I put her in artist development. Um, whenever I work with an artist, I always make sure that I put them through this routine where I send them to these various vocal coaches. I send them to these various dance instructors that I have internally on my team. I assess them, and then I put them in the studio. She's been in the studio um, over like the past six weeks. We have like 10 songs done. Um, I'm loving the vibe and direction. You know, and when the single's ready, she's gonna come out. Right. I, I, want, I want to mold and I want to shape her, and I want her to find her voice. You know what I'm saying? She has a lot of deep soul. She's an incredible performer, and she needs the right record for her, not the right record for radio. That's she was real. really dope. Is she going to make a guest appearance on this season since she won last season, the first season? Yeah, she's definitely going to make a guest appearance on this season. As y'all know, she wins um, the iHeart on the Verge artist, so that's the, the biggest thing a new artist can have. And in this season, our hopes are that by the finale, she'll be debuting her new single. Now, I also see your son is, was on the verge as well. I see your son's record's doing well. I see I just shot the video. You know, God is good. I give all glory to God. Uh, my son is the on the verge artist um, for iHeart. Um, we just shot the, you know, the new video with him and Chris Brown. The song's called Love You Better. Envy, I need you to hit me with some spins on that so mm-hmm. he feels it. He did this concept album called 90s Baby. And um, he just did it as a mixtape, just to download from the SoundCloud. And one of the singles off of it is this single that he did with Chris Brown. And he used the case beat. And he, he wanted to have that nostalgic feel. Right. And then when he did the video, him and Chris did, um, you know, One More Chance, the One More Chance video over. And it, and it was dope. I was there on the set and, and to see, like, your kids able to take what you've done and be inspired by it and and, it, and take it to another level. It was dope. Diddy, you know who I need you to inspire? I need you to inspire Khaled, man, because I look at you and I can see you losing weight. Khaled been working out for two years and ain't lost a pound yet. He lost a little bit. So I need you to inspire Khaled to really start losing some weight the right way because I don't see it. Yeah, yo, check this out. Khaled is smart. 
Tyler got that weight watching yep. deal. And if, if he don't have no weight, it ain't going to be nothing to watch. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Diddy, you been running four miles a day. You ran your four miles yet today? When I get finished with you guys, I'm going to go and I'm going to run the four miles. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get it together. You, you know, I know I know all of you guys, I've seen all of y'all transform. I, I know that, you know, there comes that time when you, where you click in and you make that decision that is, is you know, um, health is wealth. And you got you to gotta really, really put that time into your body. And that's what I'm trying to do. All right, we got more with Puff. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now we're talking to Puff. The four is back tonight. Now, Puff, I got to ask. You've been through a lot of them. Pusha T, Drake. Pusha T released the album. Two days later, we seen you in the club with Drake. What did you think of the uh, of the of <laughs> no, both records? We saw, we saw Diddy say Pusha album was classic. Right. Then it was in the club yeah. with Drake. It was, it was the day after. Day after, right, yep. <laughs> so what do you think? Um, um, You know, I think... Battling in hip hop is a part of hip hop, man. Right. I mean, if you're trying to be the best MC, I mean, there's gonna be battle with. Um, and at this at, at this juncture in time, it's it's like kind of safe, you know. <laughs> when when we was having battles, it, it was getting unsafe. This is the most skillful artist that Drake has come up against. Right. What, what do, you, do you think? Uh, you know, we had the OGJ Prince up here, and he said that he feel like. Everything was going too far. He said he feel like pushing went too far, and he feel like the response Drake was going to put out was too far. So he said he'd rather just shut it all down before it gets crazy. If, if he felt that, you know, things were going to get to a point of negativity and, and, and violence, you know, I, I think you got to listen to your OGs, you know what I'm saying, that have been right. certain things because that, it, 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 ain't, it ain't worth it, you know what I'm saying? I agree. And, um, but as far as in the battle, you know, if, if he didn't respond... Then, um, you know, he, he he took the L. Hey, there you go, Diddy. <laughs> One time for Team Dark Skin. Oh, God. Pusha T is the winner. You heard it from Diddy. He didn't say that. Yes, he did. He said he took no. the L because he didn't he, respond. He, 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 he didn't took, say that. Yeah, I said he took the L. Because he didn't respond. And I said, I said he should have listened. He should listen to Jay Prince because I was in that same position. I was in that same position where hit him up. I told Big not to respond. So I could understand, because what Big had written for them, like somebody was going, you know, it was going to get as bad as it, it got, you know? Yeah. So you're like, just and take so this L. Right. It's, 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 it's an L because we we know that there's, there's guidelines of rules. We got 48 hours, you know, to respond. Like, like push almost took an L, but it was Memorial Weekend. Right. So we let them we let them come back on Tuesday. These are just fun, like little facts, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? But at, you know, if we scoring we scoring about and, and, and you decide to, to to not respond, then you, you gotta give it to push on this one. And it's all good, then life moves on. That's all life moves on. Drake will be fine, you know what I'm saying? But team dark skin got this W. All That's right. all. <laughs> all right. That's all. And I like the fact that push it representing for the hey, over forty crowd. Yo, yo, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now. Drake ain't nothing to mess with. He's one of the most skilled rappers I ever worked with. I want to see this thing go all throughout the summer, just as you know, on on the hip hop level. Right. And I think the right. I think the right decision was made to to get things positive because the only place you could have went was lower, and if if it, if it would have got any more personal, 
you know, I, I, I don't think that would have been a good thing for hip-hop. Well, let me ask you a question, Pop. One last question. You, you said Big Big had a response for Hit Him Up. You know, being that things ended up the way they ended up anyway, do you wish you had let him put it out? And did he record it? No, no, he didn't record it. Um, um, he, you know, he, he let me know what it was going to be saying. It, it was just too much, you know. Life is too short. Right. Okay. That's real. That's how I feel. That's why I think Jay Prince, that's how I feel like he felt. So, yeah, you're right. Well, we appreciate you for checking in yeah. the four tonight, 8 p.m. Definitely tune in. And Diddy, did they replace the fourth judge, Charlie, walk with somebody else as a judge? No, no, it's just the three of us right now, and our fourth judge is really the audience. We empower the audience. So hit us up at hashtag the four. Tell us what you think. It's going to be an incredible season. It comes on tonight, 8 p.m. All right. Well, Diddy, we thank you for checking in. I'm proud of y'all. Love what y'all doing. Keep pushing the culture forward. My All brother. Right. And, and Charlamagne. Yes, sir. You know, you know, you know we have a truce right now. We we not on the on the team dark skin, light skin. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> we we not you you know envy envy is a part of black excellence. Tell all the light skinned brothers and females, all shades, all colors. We you know, we in such a situation we need each other to, to, to rise to the top and start owning things and start you know, living by the fundamentals of, of, of what your organization stands for. Tell him, because he says I'm not in Wakanda. So call, call the truth. No, that's a, no. Diddy's right, but Diddy has still got to be some order, and I think they need to listen to us because they've been too emotional for too long. And you're not gonna talk about Quincy like that. Yeah, exactly. Quincy light skin. That's right. He says I'm not in Wakanda. He said there's no light skinned black people in Wakanda. Diddy. Oh. We're gonna fix that. We're gonna fix that for part two. But but everybody, we 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 all from the same tribe. And it's all love. Let's just build another city for the light-skinned people, and we call it, it. We'll call it Well Kinda. It's no, the truth. No, well, well Kinda. No. Like, <laughs> is they what? black? Well Kinda. No, like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Puff. All right, all right. Love you guys. Have a great day. Love you back. All right, thank you, Puff. Now, when we come back, we got rumors, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. All right. Hey, now. Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to these rumors. Let's talk Donald Glover. It's time. She's spilling the tea. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Donna Glover is reportedly supposed to be playing Willy Wonka. Apparently, they're doing a Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory spinoff, and they want him to play Willy Wonka. Yeah, I'm confused about that because they said it was supposed to be a prequel before he took over the Chocolate Factory. So what, he started off as a black man and then transitioned into a white man when he uh, started running yeah, the Chocolate Factory? that would be factory? odd, wouldn't it? Well, it's kind of what work? Michael B. Jordan said. I guess a role that was maybe written for a white man. Next no, time. but this is like part of another movie. <laughs> I don't want to see Willie Wonka as a black man. I'm sorry. Like, it's like I wouldn't want to see Black Panther as a white person. Like, some things need to remain the same, especially if you're going to do a prequel. Now, if you're going to do a whole new reboot and you got him playing Willie Wonka, cool. But if you're going to do a prequel, that makes zero sense. Well, maybe hmm. they'll be standalone type of movies. So, you know, I mean, clearly... Because how are you going to explain it to the kids? Well, Mom, if that was a prequel, how did he become a white man once That's he started running the chocolate factory? Well, That's I, I support it. I support it. All right. Uh, but they said this is going to be in a different direction. It's going to talk about, Clearly. like you said, his origins and how he came to acquire that makes, the premise. It should be a whole new movie. It's that makes sense to y'all? It's a movie. So it should be a whole new it's movie. It's called The Suspension of Disbelief, so you're supposed no. to just no. rock with it, no. not worry about the consistency no. of it. I've watched way too many Willy Wonkas to believe that he started off his life as a black person. Right, Michael now, Jackson did it, though. Takashi 
is saying that he had nothing to do with the shooting that happened with Chief Keefe. Now, Chief Keefe wasn't shot, but there were shots fired in New York, and he went on TMZ Live and said this. I guess Chief Keefe, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a gangster rapper. He, he promotes violence, so, I mean, I guess he has a lot of beef on these streets. I don't know who's he beefing with that wants to hurt him, but... It's definitely not me. I'm actually a fan. You guys had nothing to do with uh, shots fired over the weekend. I never shot a gun in my life, to be honest with you. I don't know why they continue to let that young man play all day. And furthermore, Chief Keith promotes just as much violence as Takashi 69 does. Doesn't Takashi 69 call himself a gangster all day, every day? But what, what, were we expecting him to say, yeah, I shot at him? Like, no. I'm but I about, wouldn't I'm even about, have done an interview. I'm yeah. like, why do it? <laughs> and I'm talking about in the beginning when he said Chief Keith is a gangster who promotes gangster music. Aren't, don't you do the same? All right, now let's discuss Rihanna. Here's some great news. A source close to Rihanna is saying that she has wrapped up and she has done her double disc album. So I'm excited for that. I'm a big fan of Rihanna. They said she wasn't happy with how her last album performed, even though she loved how it turned out. So she actually did a whole double disc of smash hits. I'm here for Rihanna. Yeah, I'm here for Rihanna. And they also said she's planning to make a reggae album. So that should be pretty interesting. Be I would love. every Rihanna album a reggae album? Well, it has Caribbean, a, not really. <laughs> when you got an accent, everything's a regular. No, song. not at all. It's some songs that she's all you know. She's pop in some songs. Some songs she's R and B. Some songs have a reggae tinge to them. Remember when urban radio stations, urban radio stations, urban radio stations, like about this one, yeah, never wanted to play Rihanna because they said she was too pop. Yes, that made no sense. No. All right, now everybody was excited thinking that Beyonce and Jay-Z finally showed pictures of their twins on the On The Run tour. They're holding two babies. I don't know if you guys saw those pictures that went viral yesterday. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out those, according to a rep for Beyonce, are not their babies that they're holding in the On The Run 2 tour intro video. So they said, uh, that's all they said. It's not their twins. So I don't know what it is, but it's a picture of them and it says love is universal on the tour. So who kids are they? I don't know. Mm. We don't know that information yet. All right, Malcolm Jenkins. He wants to let people know what's going on with the national anthem demonstrations because people still seem confused about what everyone's really demonstrating. So he was in the Eagles locker room and he used signs to explain why there are these national anthem demonstrations. Uh, One side said, you aren't listening. More than 60% of people in prison are people of color. He put up one sign that said in 2018, 439 people shot and killed by the police so far. He said in the U.S. population is 8% African-American males shot by police, 25% African-American males. Uh, He also put up a sign that said Colin Kaepernick gave $1 million to charity. And so I guess he feels like he didn't speak at all, but he just showed these signs kind of to let Donald Trump and the rest of the world who's still questioning why these NFL players are protesting. These are the reasons why. They should hold up more signs that say, talk to Colin Kaepernick, he started this. And hold up more signs that say, stop blackballing Colin Kaepernick from the NFL. But yeah, he did address Colin Kaepernick. He also held up a sign that said, Chris Long gave his entire year's salary to educational initiatives. Just to show how much players are doing to try to do their part. It's not protesting the flag. Wasn't Malcolm one of the people that initially, uh, like, kind of, like, got in bed with the NFL, though? To to get people to stop kneeling? Uh, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. Hmm. But I'm just telling you what he's doing now. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. When we come back, Michael Eric Dice will be joining us. We'll kick it with him when we come back. So don't move.
It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got some special guests in the building. Yes, sir. We have Michael Eric Dyson, who has a book that's coming out. What the truth sounds like. What the truth sounds like. What I'm saying, what I'm saying, what it sounds like. That's what I'm saying. Great to be here with y'all. Good morning, my brother. And you have right. a, a brother with you? Yeah, James Peterson, James Braxton Peterson. His latest book is The Prison Industrial Complex for Beginners. <laughs> it's a Sears Cat wrote four books, Hip Hop Intellectual Head to the End. He did his PhD at University of Pennsylvania on hip hop and his underground. Book, I'm just letting you know, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't. I like that title, hip hop intellectual. I, yeah, what, what yeah. Is that? What is that? What is it, Doc? Um, you know, I mean, I'm I'm a English scholar by training, so I have a PhD in English, but I've been studying writing about hip hop culture since the '90s. That's dope. You know, teaching I'm steal well. that moniker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you the exemplification of that man, <laughs> thinking out loud in a smart way about hip hop mm. and its impact on the culture. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Well, what's your new book about, Doc? What the truth sounds like? Yeah, what truth sounds like is the subtitle is Robert F. Kennedy, James Baldwin, and our unfinished conversation about race in America. Mm. Man, talk about timely, right? So it's about a big meeting between Bobby Kennedy. You know, on June fifth, that's the fiftieth anniversary of his death. So. Um, I wanted to write a book about him, but not taking it like it's his assassination and so on. So I went back and looked at a meeting that has been, to me, understudied. Mm -hmm. It was a big meeting between Bobby Kennedy, who was then the United States Attorney General. Mm -hmm. So he was basically uh, what Jeff Sessions is right now, <laughs> okay. but with sense and brains. Yes, and, he, and, and humaneness. And humaneness. Mm -hmm. His humanity mm -hmm. was, mm -hmm. was manifest. His brother was president, mm -hmm. right, of the United States at that time, Jack Kennedy. And so he wanted to have a meeting with James Baldwin because he wanted to get a gauge on, a handle on the rage in black America that was then exploding. People had started moving away from Martin Luther King Jr. nonviolence. They were getting a bit more restless. And Bobby Kennedy was, uh, was, was astonished at the development of that rage. And he said, let me figure out a way to get a handle on who can explain to me. So he had breakfast with, with James Baldwin, and but James Baldwin's wow. plane was late. So he said, I tell you what, tomorrow I'm going to be in New York. Why don't you get a couple of your friends to mm -hmm. come by? And when you're James Baldwin, a couple of your friends are Harry Belafonte, wow. Lena Horne, wow. Lorraine Hansberry, wow. and a guy named Jerome Smith, who, next to John Lewis, was the most celebrated uh, figure within the civil rights movement in terms of freedom riders because he was beaten nearly as much, maybe even more severely, than John Lewis. So he mm -hmm. was at the meeting as well. And Robert Kennedy went in there thinking... I'm going to make these Negroes grateful to me and the Kennedy administration for what we've done. And they lit his ass up. Mm -hmm. I mean, they lit him up like a Christmas tree. Mm. They were like, we ain't grateful. Your, your brother needs to talk about race as a moral issue and not just a political one. He needs to stop trying to placate these bigots. Sound familiar? Yeah. Because he's putting in Harold Cox, who's a judge, you know, in the South, who talked about them when he was on his bench. Kennedy put him in. And he was telling the governor of Georgia, look, I'm not going to use the federal authority to intervene in behalf of integration when I become president. At the same time, he's trying to tell Martin Luther King Jr. and other black leaders, I'm going to hook you up on the civil rights front. So he was, he was really ambivalent about civil rights, and they knew it, and they did not let him off the hook. It turned into a three-hour meeting. And let me tell you what, even though he's a white liberal, he was extremely upset. He went to his office. He authorized the FBI to wiretap most of the people in the room. Wow. Wow. Clarence Jones was in that room, too. Clarence Jones was the, the lawyer of both uh, James Baldwin and Martin Luther King Jr. So a lot of them already had a little bit from the FBI on them, but he authorized it. Liberal white politician 
authorizing the further wiretapping of American citizens. But then he calmed down and he said, you know what? If I was black and born that way, I might be full of rage too. Went to his brother and said, you need to talk about civil rights as a moral issue. Kennedy gave a famous speech, I think in June, talking about it that way. I'm talking about Jack, John Kennedy now. Mm -hmm. And for the rest of his life, he was transformed, that is, Bobby Kennedy, into a man who was much more humane, much more sympathetic. He had been a bulldog for McCarthy in the 50s. But in the 60s, he was transformed. And that meeting transformed his outlook, changed history, because it made him much more sympathetic and empathetic to black and uh, other people in this world. So that's what this book is about. But then, that's just the first chapter. I deal with that meeting. <laughs> that's then the I, first chapter. <laughs> I, I, but I relate it now to what's going on now. Who mm -hmm. was there? Activists, intellectuals. Mm -hmm. Entertainers. Uh, artists, artists and entertainers. Mm -hmm. And I go through that now. I go it, I take it from Harry Belafonte to Jesse Williams to Get Out to Black Panther. I take it intellectually. I take it from James Baldwin beefing with Cleaver to Cornell West beefing with Ta-Nehisi Coates. Mm. I take it down now to art to to uh athletes. I got a chapter on them where Ali was dominant and, and Baldwin talked about him to LeBron to Kaepernick and to folk who are doing their thing now. So this book tries to bring it up to date and talk about what is going on today is a reflection of what happened back then. So that, so that meeting probably helped shape the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Absolutely it did. So how do we engage with this president then? Because it seems like he has an open ear to celebrities. Or, do, right. or should we engage with this president? Oh, yeah, you always got to engage. I mean, but... But he does have an open ear for celebrities, but only certain kind of celebrities. I mean, Jesse Williams is a celebrity. He ain't going to listen to him. He'll listen to, to He'll listen to Kanye, but Kanye got to listen to his... <laughs> Look, Kanye admits that mental oh, illness yeah. caused him to say... The thing. I, I appreciate that. I had a conversation in the aftermath, and you know, you, you did a brilliant interview with him. I talked to Kanye on the phone, and then I talked to Kim Kardashian. Beautiful people, intelligent people, but I'm trying to tell Kanye... That it, as I shared with him that I, I talked to him a year and a half before then I said if you ain't at the dinner table you on the menu mm. you being consumed you being played in a certain way why let Trump leverage the enormous political and social capital you have developed as an outspoken artist to reinforce the vulnerability of black people that, graduation can't resolve that and you're a genius no doubt about it as his most recent album proves so the persistence of your aesthetic genius does not mitigate your political compromise when you get used by a, a, a by a man who stands up every morning at 5.30 to tweet, he excretes the feces of his moral depravity Ooh. into a nation he has turned into his psychic commode. Ooh. That's what he's doing. <laughs> and as a result of that, why do you want to get into that miss, mess down there? Rise above with your intelligence. Think about your mother. Think about what she represented. Think about all of the hip-hop culture that is a resistance movement against the vicious vulnerability to which black people have been subject. So as, as great as Kanye is, you got it just because you're a celebrity don't mean you got nothing to say. That's Kanye real. has got plenty to say. But let me tell you this, and I'm not saying this because Kanye is a genius, but going to college makes a difference. Mm. People can call me a snob. I'm a college professor. It sounds self-serving. But there is something to be said for going to a school where you study books systematically, where you think about issues that you are introduced to. Kanye said for the first time he, he didn't know that black people have been Republican in the past. God dang it. Nope. <laughs> this is 101. Now, you a college dropout. You a genius. But if you had stayed in college, you might have been exposed to that. 
And I'm not saying that against Kanye. I'm saying against everybody who says, you smarty arties and what y'all doing. I'm an unapologetic advocate for serious black intelligence. You got to grapple with. Use words you don't understand. Use concepts you don't understand. Because people are being used, uh, those things are being used against you. I know somebody came to me and said, Damn, Dysons, sometimes you be using these big words. Why you be using them? I said, I'm using them uh, against people who don't understand who you are. You might not understand my words, but they don't understand you, and I'm trying to defend you. And my wow. mama told me, if you don't understand it, look it up. Stop being lazy. Mm. The Internet has made us a bunch of lazy people. People be hitting me, what do you think? Read this book. <laughs> I ain't going to tweet it to you mm. for the first time. So I'm saying, get your game up. Get your weight up. You think Kobe got where he is by just being, oh, well, I'm, I'm just, I just want to do the Cliff Notes version of greatness. Thousand <laughs> jump shots a day. What is LeBron doing now that's damn near unprecedented in the history of this league because it takes discipline? Let's apply that same discipline to the life of the mind. All right, we got more with Michael Eric Dyson and James Peterson, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Yep, we're back. It's The Breakfast Club. DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We have Michael Eric Dyson and James Peterson in the building. Yee? So, Michael, what are your thoughts about Drake and blackface? This is this is what I mean by college. Mm-hmm. Do you not? Do y'all remember Spike Lee? Bamboozle. Yeah. I mean, my God, what he's doing is signifying on the, the perilous limitations imposed upon black artists. So now I'm going to take the blackface to show you this is what they're reducing us to. The inability to articulate our own aesthetic mm. independence. Mm. So yeah, but again, if you look at it, oh my God, he in blackface. He must be down with the man. It's Jim Crow. No, he's signifying on it. And if you understand the backdrop of studying what blackface has meant, what the cork has meant, what minstrelsy has and meant. what black people putting on blackface means. It's, it's different from white folks putting on blackface. Talk a bit about that. Wasn't well, blackface... On um, black people, meaning they were cooning, wasn't that part of the minstrel show? Well, yeah, of course I, it was. But it, it, I think in its historical context, you know what I mean. Like for example, we could say a lot of rappers are cooning. A hundred percent, reinforcing all the right? negative stereotypes. But there, there's an argument that those rappers are trying to make money or trying to make some kind of career. I think you have to make. Look, Hattie McDaniel said, right. "Look, you know, I, I made my career being a maid, right. right? Acting or performing a maid, performing a stereotype. But right. that was the only lane that was open to me. And I think for some." blackface performers, that argument makes some sense. So it has to be in context. That doesn't excuse Drake, right. but it also doesn't excuse the people who are misinterpreting what Drake was trying to do. They were actually trying to make commentary about the limitations of black performance in the 21st century. Right. And he signified on the way in which it was appropriated by whiteness to reinforce the vulnerability of blackness mm. and to signify that they could appropriate blackness and wear it. But as Greg Tate, the great critic, said, black white people want to appropriate everything but the burden. They want everything except the suffering. They want everything except the hardship, right? And so, a lot of white rappers out Look there. at it, Justin Timberfake. When you look at, uh, I mean, uh, Timberlake. Um, you know, you, 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 put, you, you appropriate blackness. But when it comes time to pay the price for that blackness, I ain't no black man. I just play one on TV. So you reach across the aisle to grab Janet Jackson's breast in its resting place. The nipple is exposed. Now, when the black t was being in service of white society, it was celebrated. Ain't nobody had a problem with the exposed black breast when it was nurturing white civilization, mm. when young kids were being suckled at the breast of black women. But when the got a union and mm. when it went to work for itself and when she asserted that I will use my breast to the degree that I want to as a feminist agent of my own destiny all of a sudden it's a problem you got institutionalized hoochies on the sideline called cheerleaders you got Viagra commercials in the Super Bowl but you mad at the black breast being exposed so so Justin Timberlake allowed her to go under the bus 
never paid due recompense for that sin and brought sexy back and Janet Jackson barely is making it back 20 years later. I would like for y'all to expound a little bit more on the uh, the, 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 the blackface thing because I think a lot of people don't know what it is and I think it was it was out of context. We saw the picture. You got to explain that when you're a black right, man. Well, wait, so, so just very quick abbreviated history lesson. I mean, blackface performance is the original pop cultural performance in America. Right, so the, literally the whole enterprise of popular performance in America is predicated and historicized through blackface. Mm -hmm. right. um, obviously, white folks put on blackface to sort of reify Jim Crow stereotypes, so it was a way that popular entertainment reinscribed the racial order of America. Black folks also did it in the same interest, but also in their own interest to try to survive and try to sort of navigate some of those things. There's no excuse, really, for anybody wearing blackface as a form of, like, a Halloween costume right. or as a form of trying to denigrate black folks in the 21st century. But if you think about Bamboozle, and I know Bamboozle is kind of an old reference, but folks should go Dallas. see that. Folks should go see that to understand what was possibly being attempted in the Drake ad. And he mm -hmm. said, when, when, right. when Drake explained right. it, he said, he said that. that. He said I'm that. trying to signify on the limits imposed arbitrarily against black artistry and the degree to which we have to be deferential to an inferior whiteness in order to make a living. That's what blackface was about. It was both an acknowledgement of limit and a protest against them at the same time. I, I agree with that. My, my only critique was... We haven't heard Drake really stand up for black issues since he's been on. So why did he care about black issues so much in 2007? But we haven't really heard him stand up for them since he's been on. Well, that's 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 a legitimate critique, and I'm sure Drake can engage that uh, himself. But I think the expression of his own artistic difference. Here he is, a biracial boy from Toronto and in Memphis, already being challenged from the very beginning whether he's black enough or not. Mm. So so forget representing black issues. His own black issue is, can I be recognized? Listen to his music when he says, oh, my God, one of my white friends just said the N-word. And if somebody hears that, he said and if somebody hears that, what's going to be the consequences? That's a different perspective than Tupac. That's so real. what he's bringing to us is an understanding of biracial identity, but for a black person, whether or not they can stand up and be black because they're biracial. So he's coming from an international perspective of blackness, being challenged by the fact that you're Jewish and black. Does that mean that you are really black? So Drake, by virtue of his very, very being, uh, events his arguments, conversations that need to be had that are going on again if you come to a college room, mm -hmm. again, you would have some understanding and context for blackface. So I'm saying we would just, we just want everything given to us. I mean, I go to school. Look, I'm 59 years old. There's some stuff I'm just now learning about black people. Because mm. you got to keep reading, learning, growing. Don't expect everybody to hand something to you. And just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not understandable. you got to dig deep and think critically about the world in which you live. That's the Donald Trump approach. My God, I don't know what it is. He's so simplistic, he's reductionistic, he's a butt-hurt, brain-dead white bigot who is a bigot-in-chief and a racist in residence who is amplifying the worst currents and instincts of this American populace. And I'm tired of the anti-intellectualism, and I stand up unapologetic and say, read a damn book. Don't just tweet. Don't get on Instagram. Don't go on your Facebook. Have a fast from social media and dig deep into intellectual resources. Read Toni Morrison or Bell hooks. Read Farrah Jasmine Griffin or Salamisha Tillett. Read uh, Brittany Cooper. Read James Braxton Peterson. Read Mark uh, Lamont Hill. Re read what Angela Rye is saying. Read your book. Read my man over here. Read both of those books about mental illness and vulnerability and about black privilege. Alright, we got more with Michael Eric Dyson and James Peterson, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
Yep, we're back. It's the Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We have Michael Eric Dyson and James Peterson in the building. You no know one I, want, I wanted to ask you about what was your opinion on the commissioner telling the athletes that if they if they do kneel, they'll get fined. That's ridiculous. First of all, it may be illegal. It, it, it not only illegal, right? Uh, as Jesse Jackson said, you can't go to Freedom School on Pharaoh scholarship. <laughs> and, and by the way, plug out to Jesse Jackson. Y'all want to study somebody in history who's one of the coldest ever to do it. Before you were rapping, he was spitting, defending us before William Buckley, going to Harvard, debating, uh, going to Nike, opening up borders. Uh, check out Jesse Jackson. But Jesse Jackson is right. You can't, it, it, you know, it's, it's not to your convenience. Muhammad Ali didn't have a convenient path. Jim Brown, when he was out there, didn't have a convenient path. Lou Alcindor, who became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, didn't have a convenient path. Colin Kaepernick certainly hasn't had a convenient path. Mm -hmm. So you can't mm -hmm. allow Roger Goodell to tell you, okay, here's the appropriate way for you to protest. Protest, if it doesn't make you uncomfortable, ain't protest. I hope those brothers go out there, okay, you don't want us to bend? Cool. Let me raise my fist then. Let me put my finger in my... Right? Find a way to <laughs> signify your resistance to white supremacy, social inequality, economic injustice. Because the point was, it ain't about a damn flag. First of all, y'all don't care about that flag, right? You don't care. Was it on your Instagram that said that they care so much about the flag while they're burning crosses? Mm -hmm. so, so, so here's the, right? You don't care about that. And the flag, you don't care about the flag. The flag is a piece of cloth unless it's backed up by the ideals and the noble aspirations for which democracy was created. Mm -hmm. So what those athletes have to do is to understand we come from a pedigree and a people who stood against the odds. So if Roger Goodell says is that is that is not uh, legal and it's not uh, permissible, then do what's not permissible to stand up and protest against the lethal limits being imposed upon you. Why not sit out a week? I mean, how about a year? Yeah. How about all of them? Because if all you Negroes sit out, the best ones, it's over. let me Done. tell you what. And yeah. the NFL is what, 69.9% yeah. black? Mm -hmm. Let them white boys have it for a couple of weeks. They'd be begging, Mr. Black Man, can you come back? Oh, my God, where is you? We, we speak to your language now. We let you have the flag, please. But it would take everybody participating. Well, it would take most people. Well, it don't take everybody. Them, uh, Star. Yeah, Women, it, you know what? If Ju Julio Jones, right? Look, the Civil Rights Movement, do you think most black people were involved? No. No. Black, most, all black people benefited. Most black people didn't participate. But I'm saying to you, very few visible people stand up. When LeBron, this is why I love LeBron. When LeBron speaks out, despite Michael Jordan was anesthetized. Michael Jordan was himself a drug. Michael Jordan was something they took to make themselves believe by consuming the body of this dark-skinned black man. We have appropriated intimately the offices of blackness, and now we participate vicariously in his rise. No! His inability to tell the truth about black people who produced him made him a a, a, a a figure who didn't do as much as he could for us. But when LeBron steps up and when LeBron speaks up and when LeBron drops some history lesson, when he's asked in a in a Q&A, in a, in a press conference, how you feel about your n being scrawled upon your fence? What did LeBron say? <laughs> it brought me to mind of Emmett Till's mother, mm. who said, I'm going to let this casket. First of all, kudos to LeBron for knowing that story. <laughs> mm. Number two, thank you for linking the past. Emmett Till's mother said, I'm not going to have a closed casket ceremony when her oh, son well, had been bloated. Mm -hmm. A 70-pound uh, uh, gin, a uh, cotton gin uh, fan tied to his neck, mm -hmm. thrown in the Tallahatchie River, and then extracted 
extracted from that uh, river. And then here he was uh, bloated in his face. She says, let the world see what mm. white supremacy does to us. And LeBron was making a parallel there. When we have figures like that speaking up, that changes the temperature. That changes the dialogue. I want to ask you a question about your book before you go. I know sure. it's called, you got a, sh a partner called Bad Nick. Mm -hmm. I know you're not the biggest fan of that word. So yeah, yeah. what's that about? I'm 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 oh I'm a, I'm a I'm a promiscuous abuser of n <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just tell you now. Now I don't like nigger. Yeah. But I like nigger. Yeah. You know, black people use nigger sexually, darn near. We use it for celebration, nigger. We use it for questioning, We use it for anger, nigger. So nigger is highly electrifying when articulated by a known user of the discourse who is who has permission and license to say so. No white person listening to this should think you have the opportunity <laughs> to say n You can't do that. It's our word. We do it as we want to. And I know a lot of black people don't like it. Now, what I mean by bad n****, I was quoting James Baldwin, who went mm -hmm. to testify before um, uh, the New York legislature, and he said, uh, my heroes are bad n****** to you. Mm -hmm. People who are celebrated by me are bad n****** to you. And until you come to the point where you understand our bad n as heroes, you will not have progress in America. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk about Muhammad Ali. I wanted to talk about what he represented and how he was a bad n to them and how Colin Kaepernick is certainly a bad n right now or any black athlete or entertainer who dares to stand up and speak out against uh, the vicious swirl of white supremacy in this culture is seen as a bad n So I wanted to celebrate them to talk about their achievements and to speak about what things they could do to make certain that there's racial progress in America today. Mm. Michael Eric Dyson, man. Michael mm. Eric Dyson is what truth sounds like. Let me hold oh, this book man. up one Thank time. You, sir. Read the first line from the book. Go get his read book, first, man. Huh? Read the first line from that book. Just let me read the what first truth line. What sounds like? The blood of martyrs soaks the soil of American society. No doubt, no doubt. Because I was talking about, I'm opening up the book talking about Martin Luther King Jr., John Kennedy, and Bobby Kennedy. Mm. And I'm talking about the ways in which their deaths transformed the landscape of American society, provided opportunity for the rest of us. As Christians, I'm a Baptist preacher, too. I know you, some of y'all can't tell. But what, what's interesting, <laughs> right, I'm a cussing Christian. I, I'm going to tell you, me and Kendrick Lamar and Beyonce, all right? But, but the thing is, is that those of us who are Christians look at the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and see what that death <coughs> meant. And I'm suggesting that the death of these three men in the 1960s transform the landscape of American society. Mm -hmm. There will be no celebration without suffering. There can be no joy without sorrow. And there can be no redemption without the persecution that comes before it. So I'm saying in this book, let's open our minds, deal seriously with the issue of race, class, culture, sexuality, mm -hmm. and then find a way where we can join together to do what Bobby Kennedy and James Baldwin and Harry Belafonte and Lorraine Hansberry and Lena Horne did. Tell the truth be honest about race, come across our divides, talk to each other, and then figure out a way to make America great for the first time. All wow. right. Go get That's what truth sounds like right now. Michael Eric Dyson, thank you for joining mm -hmm. us. Also, James Peterson, thank you, brother. Thanks, bro. Thank you. And no it's The Breakfast doubt. Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Skywalker! Hey, guys. Hi. Guys. Hi. Hey. Hi. This song has been playing at the same time. Every morning. I don't pick the music, for bro. For about two weeks. Into the mix. That's not, hey, that's not my thing. Just want to tell the powers that be. Skywalker. All right? 7.50 every morning here on The Breakfast I know Club. I haters. It's an appointment. It's appointment listening. There you go. Come on, guys. All Come right. on.
All right. Well, good morning, guys. We are The Breakfast Club. Hello. Hi. Hey, you. Hey, what's up? Hey. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Mariah Carey. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Mariah Carey is talking about her bipolar disorder, which she recently revealed that she has. And she did an interview with The Guardian where she talked about experiencing sexual harassment throughout her career. But she said it had less of an impact on my life than being in a completely controlling relationship. That relationship was when she was married to Sony Music executive Tommy Mottola. That was from 93 until 1997. She had said she suffered emotional and mental abuse. Now, she said, but the marriage strengthened her in the long run. She also said, it also wounded me. When you have to control your own emotions constantly and be aware of every move you make and pretty much ask permission to exist, it affects your life. She also said that struggling with being biracial contributed to her condition. And she said there was an incident from her childhood. A friend saw her dad for the first time and burst into tears because she had never seen a black person. She said, I had to go through so much in my childhood just to feel accepted and feel worthy of existing on earth because I felt so different from everybody else growing up because I was biracial, because I was so ambiguous looking, and because we didn't have the money to escape whatever the everyday realities of life were. So that is Mariah Carey again in The Guardian if you want to check out that full interview. Now, Kofi Sarabo has made a case for discussing black mental health as well. He has a new short documentary. It's called WTF, What the F is Mental Health? And now he says, I feel like with mental health, people always react negatively. We kind of have a lot of stigma in our community and in society in general. I feel like that space wasn't really created for us. So he's using his platform to try to change that. And that's one of his first forays into production. He has a project. He's releasing it exclusively to Huffington Post. So it was filmed in the Bronx. And it explores mental health among young black people. That's good, man. We need to be discussing our mental health more. Ain't nothing wrong with discussing you're crazy. Okay. All right. Now, Beanie Siegel is launching his own bagel business. I love it. Bagel? Yes, bagels. Mm -hmm. So he's teaming up with the owner of Angelo's Pizzeria, and he's going to put that out. So he uh, tweeted, he put on Instagram, Beanie's Beagles coming soon to South Philly legends. And he posted a picture with uh, Angelo's Pizzeria, South Philly. I'm not mad at that. Drop on the clues Mm -hmm. bombs for Beanie Siegel. Okay. I like entrepreneurship. I'll get a Beanie bagel. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Jordan Peele has signed a TV deal with Amazon. They've been okay. trying to court him for quite some time now. Under that deal, they'll, they'll have the first right of refu- refusal for any of his TV series that he has. So they also committed to a TV show and a documentary. They're going to do a 10-episode straight-to-series order for a show called The Hunt, where Jordan Peele will be executive producer. Mm-hmm. And we told you about that previously. So that should be a huge deal for Amazon. Uh, The game has lost a $20 million lawsuit against Viacom. You guys remember, he actually had a $7.1 million judgment against him, and that was for a whole separate lawsuit that was filed against one of the contestants from his show, She's Got Game. That was his VH1 dating show. Priscilla Rainey accused him of sexual assault during an after-hours date and won that case against him back in 2016. Well, the game's argument was that Viacom should actually cover that because they hired her, even though they knew she had a history 
of criminal activities, uh, multiple felony arrests for battery, and he also said they knew of her history with mental illness. Well, the judge did side with Viacom in that hearing. They said that it was an exercise of its free speech uh, free speech rights to hire her. So he has to pay $7 million? Yes, yeah, so he does, does mm. still have to pay that uh, $7 million judgment. So mm. there you have it. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Charlemagne. Yes. Who are you giving that down to? Before after the hour, we're going to talk about spreading. Okay, that's what we're going to talk about. Spreading love, okay? Okay. And not always love. Some people like to spread negativity because Sir Isaac Newton said the law of energy is that energy is never lost or destroyed. It's merely transferred from one party to the next. So before after the hour, we're going to talk about just spreading. 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 All right, when we come back, keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Charlemagne, say the gang, dunk it under Charlemagne. Donkey. <laughs> it's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day does not discriminate. I might not have the song of the day, but I got the Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a Donkey <laughs> man, hit me with the heat. Uh, yes. It's the Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Oh, um, well. Donkey of the Day for Thursday, June 7th goes to a young 25-year-old Arkansas man named Stephen Koch. Now, mm-hmm. I wake up every day striving to be the change I want to see in the world. Contrary to popular belief, I wake up every day thinking, who can I infect with positive energy today? Okay, the late, great, notorious B.I.G. once said, spread love, it's the Brooklyn way, but spreading love is not just the Brooklyn way. It should be the way of us all. Okay, Sir Isaac Newton said the law of energy is energy is never lost or destroyed, just merely transferred from one party to the next. So if your energy is positive, you will pass that positivity on to others. People will feel it. Okay, they will say things like, he or she is a joy to be around. All right, I want to be around that individual, okay? But when you have negative energy, it will do the same. You will spread that negative energy on to others, and nobody will want to be around you, okay? I like to laugh. All right, I like to play. In fact, I, I'm, I may play too much, all right? And that's what gets me in trouble most of the time. But nevertheless, I like to spread positivity. You know, there's a nonprofit campaign online called spreadpositivity.org, and their mission is to highlight the power of real-world human interaction and to encourage people to try in their daily lives to be positive and kind and empathetic and to proactively seek simple opportunities to help others without wanting anything in return. I don't know those people. I just stumbled across the website and the campaign online, and I decided to salute them this morning because they are spreading positivity, and you get back what you put out because I just showed them love for no reason at all. Drop one of clues bombs for spread positivity. Okay? Now, Stephen Koch is the opposite of everything I just said. Okay? Stephen Koch is going around spreading something, ladies and gentlemen, and it's not love. Let's go to KNWA-TV NBC for the report, please. A Northwest Arkansas man admitted to purposely contracting HIV so he could infect others with the virus. Stephen Koch pleaded guilty Monday to attempting to expose another person to HIV, possession of meth with purpose to deliver in eight counts of distributing or viewing child pornography. Koch was sentenced to 50 years in the Arkansas Department of Correction. He's also required to register as a sex offender. According to court documents, while Benton County prosecutors were were searching through Stephen Koch's computer for child pornography, they discovered that he knowingly infected himself with HIV. Then in court Monday, Koch admitted to it. What? <sighs> Stephen Koch intentionally <laughs> contracted Sorry. HIV so he could spread the virus to others. I really feel sorry for ladies out here in these streets. Single women, just stay single forever or become lesbians because if this is what y'all got to deal with, man, okay, why? This is the epitome of hurt people hurt people, but the fact he intentionally got HIV, not accidentally got it, but went out seeking it. I need to see the origin story of this movie. 
Forget Willy Wonka with Donald Glover. What is the prequel to this film? Because I want to know where do you go to contract HIV when you want HIV? I was thinking the same thing. I wanted to Google search it, but I was afraid of what I was going to find. Okay, now I have read about bug chasing before. Bug chasing is the practice of pursuing sexual activity with HIV positive individuals in order to contract HIV, but is there a club, a group chat, a website like Christian Mingle? Why is intentionally catching HIV a thing? Okay, I know you I know you think you can live through anything if magic made it, but no. Okay, I know a lot of people are living with HIV and it's not a death sentence, death sentence but it's still an epidemic out here in these streets. Okay, HIV is not a common cold. It's not the flu. It's not pneumonia, okay? According to Avert.org, in 2016, a million people died of HIV-AIDS-related illnesses. So I don't know why this young man, Stephen Koch, was playing with his life or the life of others. It's but, Koch. Oh, Koch. Is it? No, yeah. it's not. Coach. What? Coke. 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 <laughs> you guys said all kinds of different things I know here. what you said, but I know what you said wasn't it. Stephen Coke, okay? <laughs> I don't know why you're playing with his life or the life of others, but the universe always gives you back what you put out because he got... 50 years in prison, okay? So either he's getting out when he's 75 or he's going to die in jail. I don't know what it's going to be, but I know one day he's going to take a look in the mirror and he's not even going to recognize his own face. His health will be fading and he won't even know why and three letters will take him to his final resting place, okay? Did you just quote TLC? Shut up, DJ Envy, all right? <laughs> Please give Stephen Coke the biggest hee-haw. That's why you got to go to Planet Hollywood for testing to make sure. That's what Envy said earlier. Envy said that. I did not say Planet Hollywood. No, yes, you did. Don't make us play the tape. You said that people are always protesting Planet Hollywoods. And you said people go to Planet Hollywoods for abortions. He did say that. Please bring that clip back up later on. No, no I did not. You want to deny it? Oh, you got the clip? I did not. Oh, hold on. Okay. You got All right. Roll man. the tape. You guys, this is not a tape, all right? You know how old are you? Roll this is not the tape. tape. There's no tape. Don't try to distract from your ignorance. <laughs> Michael Eric Dyson just told you to read a book. <laughs> we have it. All I right. feel bad for anybody having to go to uh, planned. Was it pa Planned Parenthood? Why do you feel bad for Why them? you feel bad? See, because, Planned Parenthood. Uh, you know, Charlamagne, you know too. On the way to the barber shop, there's a Planned Hollywood there. <laughs> <laughs> this is why people don't know how serious HIV and AIDS is because. You know, guys like Envy are telling you to go to Planet Hollywood to get your information. Planned Parenthood. You know, on, on, on stuff like this. All right? Did you give him the hee-haw yet? Yes, we did. Uh oh Give Envy one, too. Yeah, please give DJ Envy the hee-haw, biggest hee-haw, because he thinks you can get an abortion at Planet Hollywood. <laughs> they're, they're always protesting this Planet Hollywood in Jersey. That's planned where everybody goes to get abortions. Planned That's not parenthood. what you said. Is you Planet, said Planet Hollywood, Hollywood still around? I have no idea. I don't know. How but old if, are you? I don't but know. But if they're doing abortions out of Planet Hollywood, they don't need to be around. Okay? <laughs> I said Planned Parenthood. All right. You know what? Forget y'all. Yeah. All right. Up next is Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you can call Yee right now. 800-585-1051. Hit her now. Call her now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is Ty from Queens. What's your question for Yee, bro? Yo, so I like to smoke weed, right? Okay. And I've been smoking weed for a long time. And now my wife, she be tripping about it. Mm -hmm. She don't really like it. So we argue about it a lot. And I don't want to cause no more problems. But yo. How often do you smoke like weed? Smoke. Probably like three days out of the week. Oh, okay, so it's not crazy. You don't smoke every day. No, nah, not every day. Okay, so what, So she, you smoke in the house? 
No, I don't smoke now either. We got two kids. Okay, so you go out, smoke weed, and she just knows because you come back smelling like weed or she's with you? Exactly. <laughs> and we're in the process of trying to buy a, buy a house, too, so she be tripping about that. You know what I mean? Why, like wasting yeah. money on weed? I mean, that's the question, though. Yeah, am I wasting money? It's like $20. It's not like I don't work. Excuse me, I know I'm not supposed to curse. My bad. <laughs> yeah, well, relationships are, are about compromise. I'm sure there's things that she spends money on, too, that you're like, okay, well, you spend money on this, and then it becomes a tit-for-tat back and forth, right? Exactly, like them clothes that she liked to buy. Right. Well, it seems like maybe you guys should give each other a limit of how much money since you guys are saving for a house that you can budget towards uh, saving for that house, which means that she has a, a set amount that she can spend every month and you have a set amount that you can spend every month. I do feel like, you know, because she's not a weed smoker, she doesn't get it and she doesn't understand it. Not at all. And I don't think that three times a week is crazy because I know people, I dated a guy who used to smoke every single morning from the moment that he woke up until That's the end of the day. That's how used to be. When I, was, when I was living in Queens, now I live out here in Brockton right. with her. And you know what I mean? But when I was living back in Queens, I used to, man, it was bad. Okay, so you're not lying to me when you say it's only about three times a week. No, I'm not lying here. Okay. I, if it's that bad for her, tell her, you know what? I'm a compromise. I'm going to cut it back. I'm going to only smoke two days out the week, and that's it. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know. All right, we'll see how that works. That's a compromise, right? Uh, I don't know, man. Two days, I already made a compromise from seven to three. That's a lot. It's actually better for you. You know how much money you're saving? Seven days a week is a lot. Yeah. Well, I heard somebody that was on the radio the other day. He said that smoking weed cuts down on your sperm count and something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The boys away, and listen, so. smoke, smoking in general, having smoke in your lungs just is not good for you. So your wife is actually saving your life. So it's actually better for you to chill out on it. She's not telling you to do something that's harmful to you. She's actually trying to better you. Yeah. So, right. you know, don't don't have a problem with, with compromising with your wife, man. All right, no doubt. Am I on the radio right now, though? Yes. Yo, Charlemagne, what up? Envy, what up? What up, what up, what up? What up to y'all? Peace, brother. I love y'all, man. Y'all keep doing y'all thing. Okay, light Bye. one so up, man. All my people in Queens. Tone, Zoe, <laughs> Laura, love y'all. Peace. Bye. All right. Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, you can call Ye right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? Hey, how you doing? It's Kevin. Kevin, what's your question for you, bro? My question is, me and my wife have been married for three years now. Okay. And, uh, of course, before we were married, we had lives. We're trying to get together now and find somebody to have a threesome with. But don't want to have nobody don't want to have a threesome with somebody I have one with don't want to have one with somebody she has somebody with we want to find somebody new okay How do we go about doing this um well do you want to go out and find somebody in person or do you want to do it online either or we just trying to find somebody I prefer to meet somebody in person Okay, so I think just like you would go out to, uh, you know, a lounge or something like that to meet somebody, if you were a single person, you guys can fill out the situation like that. Because they do have websites, though, uh, that you can go to that's specifically for finding a third party, FYI. Yeah, so you already know that they're with it. And I do agree with you that you shouldn't do that with somebody that you guys are close with because that can get touchy and awkward when you guys... Exactly. Yeah, because you, you'll feel weird if it's one of her friends and she's hanging out and she won't want that person around. It might ruin their friendship. It might ruin things. So it is usually better to find somebody outside of your circle to do that. And when you have a threesome, it's going to be two women and, and you. Just Come checking. on now, yeah. I mean, listen, people do different things. No hey, judgment never here. Never know, bro. No judgment. Hey, no, 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 no. Kevin, the other rule is that she has to pick 
the third person. It can't be you. I agree with you 100%. But my wife is the type that she honestly wants me to go and pick the person. I feel a little awkward doing it, but I'm okay because well, we have known each other for so long. Let her pick and then you approve. Okay, I'm with it. Yeah, with you it. just have to yeah. approve. So she can say, okay, what about her? What about her? And then you can, you know, choose or approve uh, from there. And then the rules are after that, no keeping in contact. You're not allowed to contact that woman outside of the two of you doing what y'all have to do. And that's it. And it can't be in your house. You guys got to get a hotel room. And when it's over, oh, it's over. I already know that. I and she has to set the rules. If she tells you no kissing with the other woman, no penetration, but you can watch or only whatever, whatever the rules are that she sets, you have to abide by those rules. All right. He knows all the information. He sounds like she's been in one yeah. before. Well, I actually oh, have read yeah. this book by Eleni Spicer about how to have a proper threesome. Why are you reading that book? Because uh, she was on my podcast. Oh, okay. She laid down I'm the rules. Sorry to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's like we're on the website because, of course, we done did the bar thing. Um, of course, we didn't do the club thing. Sounds like you guys might need to, need to take a trip to the Bunny Ranch or something. That sounds like a plan. I ain't even familiar with that. Yeah. He knows all the places. I you, mean, we know that. want to try ye, man. Dennis Hoff has been right up now. here multiple times. You guys can actually choose somebody. The girls are tested. You know, that might be a good idea. And you can tell them that we referred you here um, from the Breakfast Club. We give you a discount. But she, she, I, I, I kind of like DJ Envy idea. Yeah, you coming oh. to uh, Detroit anytime soon? Oh, she's always in Detroit. She got property in Detroit. She say what I'm going to be in Detroit this time. weekend. She's going to be in Detroit this weekend. <laughs> but no, I'm not Shoot doing that. I'm not okay, doing go, that. Go for it. You might have fun. Come play some cards. Play some spades all night. Ooh. Hey, <laughs> good luck to you guys. I don't want... <laughs> I'm not interested, it's, but it's, good luck. I hope y'all work it out. Is play some spades a secret way to say something, bro? There you go. Okay. Go play some spades, G. I know. I always underbid. Oh! Oh! <laughs> She's ready! Bye. Hold on one thing. One thing before I go. One thing before I go. What's the website? Look it up. The Bunny Ranch. Because you can go there and the women are all tested so you can pay for that service and they'll hook y'all up. All right. Thank you. Y'all have a good one. You too. <laughs> all right. Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. You can ask Ye anything. Anything. All right, we got rumors on the way? Yes, we are going to talk about Eminem and his daughter, Haley. Now, she recently just did an interview, and she opens up about her relationship with her famous dad, Marshall Mathers. All right, we'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela uh-huh. Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good morning. What's happening, y'all? Hey. Why, Why you sound so evil? Yeah. Oh, Why are you laughing I might like be. that? I, I might be, be evil. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Eminem. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor, rumor. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Well, we're really talking about Eminem's daughter, Haley Mathers. You know, she's always been uh, kind of hidden. Um, that was Marshall Mathers' choice mm-hmm. to kind of keep her face hidden from everybody and keep her sheltered. Well, she's now 22 years old, and she did an interview with the Daily Mail. She just graduated from Michigan State University, and she said that she and her dad are very, very close. And as far as what she's going to be doing for her future and making a name for herself in the spotlight, she's an influencer as of now. She has close to a million Instagram followers, and she said people have been reaching out uh, to work with her, not so much magazines, but companies who uh, work with them. So uh, we'll see what Haley's about to do. Beautiful young lady, though. Yeah, she could do what she wants. Her dad is, is filthy rich, has a bunch of businesses, so I'm sure he'll support and help as much as possible. And they're white. That always helps. All right, oh XXXTentacion's so uh, victim. What? 
His alleged victim raised $12,000 on GoFundMe, all of that, in just one day. Now, what happened is XXXTentacion is uh, being accused of some very disturbing charges, including witness tampering, witness harassment, false imprisonment, and aggravated battery of a pregnant victim. The woman who is the alleged victim has started a GoFundMe campaign to raise money for her extensive hospital bill. She raised more than $12,000 in donations, but apparently uh, his followers are now basically harassing her. They actually hacked her Twitter page and shut down her GoFundMe as well. She told the Miami News Times that fans stalked her at work, took photos of her, attempted to follow her home, and she actually ended up having to quit her job at Dunkin' Donuts after working there for just three weeks. She said she can't even go to the mall or Walmart without being noticed and eyed down. So she got beat up, but now they're treating her like she... Allegedly. She's, allegedly. Mm-hmm. She, wasn't she on video, though? Wasn't, which, which one was on video? Well, was this, this is a, a whole different case. This is before that. This alleged victim uh. is saying that while she was pregnant, she was beat up. Oh, so he's hit more than one girl, allegedly? Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> wow. Right, this is a 2016 domestic assault case. Oh, okay. So, yeah, now they're harassing her. Leave the Let that, their yeah. business get handled. Y'all not trying to cancel extension on? He hasn't made y'all a... As it has to be handled when he goes to court. He, he and don't harass cancel-less. this young lady. I'm hearing more and more about men hitting women. This is getting ridiculous. But let's, let's talk about extension. Y'all not talking about canceling him? He's not... No boycott on extension? Nothing? I'm just saying in general. All this is still playing out because he does still have to go to court. Right. And so oh. he's just, just accused so, of it. Oh, right, he's okay. been accused I thought of allegations were enough nowadays. I didn't know. So he's facing criminal charges from this, and it has affected him. You remember Spotify did re- remove his music, but then now... They put it back. Yeah, they put it back from the playlist, not off of all of Spotify. All right, now let's discuss a new movie that is coming out. Now, this is going to be Lady Gaga's first leading role in a motion picture, and Bradley Cooper is in it. And also, this is his directorial debut. I love Bradley Cooper also. And I watched the trailer, and it looks pretty amazing. It's called A Star Is Born. Check it out. Can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they like the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Sounds Aww. creepy to me. <laughs> it moved me. You yeah. sound like you about to shoot. You guys shot. gotta, you guys gotta watch it. Oh, okay. Because it looks great. Because she can, she's performing, and you know, Lady Gaga can really sing. So when she gets up on that stage and performs. But the point of it is that she's been writing these I'll songs. I'll take your word. He sounds like he about to tell her everything she want to hear just so he can smash. You look nah, beautiful. I think you look beautiful. She needed to hear that for her You're to be able to have voice. the courage to get up on stage and sing. He actually forces her to get on stage. <gasps> oh! And sing. That's what I was thinking, but I didn't want to say it. She had to get on for- stage and sing. Oh. Because he was on stage before. If you watch the trailer, he's on stage and he's playing it and he's like, come on, you got to get up and do that song, that beautiful song. She's like, no, no, I don't want to. And then... She gets on stage All and right. performs and her okay. career starts. All right, yeah. And sometimes people need that support. Right. In this music industry where they act like looks are so important and mean everything. To sing. What's right. the name of this movie? A Star is Me Too? What's it called? No, a, a Star, Star is, is Born. Born. Oh, I'm sorry. I heard it wrong. All right, Dej Loaf is going to be paying marriage license costs for same-sex couples, and that's all going to happen tomorrow. She's going to what? She's going to be paying for marriage license costs for same-sex oh, oh, okay. couples. Okay, I thought you were saying she was paying for herself, but she's paying for couples out there. Yeah, she uh, posted okay. on June 8th, I'm helping people get liberated. Visit New York City Hall to have your marriage license costs covered by me. That's dope. What, what are Dej Loaf doing now? When people get liberated. All this, I guess she has a new song called Liberated. Mm. Um, so she's going to be doing that. So she's about to come out the closet on her record? I don't know. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> she she's says doing she loves... That, in conjunction with releasing a new song and she's doing that? Well, on, like, her, oh. on another song she had called Gold, she said her preference is people. 
So it's maybe like, similar to Janelle Monet. She's like, not concerned. The what do they labels. call it? Stir fry sexual. Stir fry. Stir fry. What do you call what it? What are y'all talking stir about? Stir fry sexual. No. Don't listen. Why was do you pan? repeat? Who was it? Yeah, pansexual. Yeah, that's Don't why he said stir fry. <laughs> He said, yes. Yeah, Stir we go out. It makes sense. You throw it all in the pot. I don't we know. We just came out of the Migos. Stir what's wrong fry. with Envy, man? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening yeah. to you, man. You ask yourself what's wrong with Envy every Stir now and then. Stir fry go to Planet Hollywood. Now, mind you, exactly. Yeah. First, you tell us, parent, uh, <laughs> play the clip, please. No, I can't play it. Play it's gone, but I erased it. Envy thinks Planned Parenthood is Planet Hollywood. No, I erased it. And now he repeating me saying Stir fry I erased it. No, I just want to say that today I'm about to make a donation to Planned Parenthood. It's Mike Pence's birthday. I'm going to do a post in honor of that, and I think everybody should donate to Planned Parenthood in honor of Mike Pence's birthday since uh, they're trying to defund Planned Parenthood. What about Planned Hollywood, though? I don't think Planned Hollywood exists those? anymore. Play it, drum. Oh, boy. I erased it! It's not here. It's you erased, you erased yeah. it? This is, it's not Why? Here. I erased it. Because you're bullying now. <laughs> this is bullying. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, uh, when we come back, we got the People's Choice Mix. Shout out to Fetty Wap. Today's Fetty Wap's birthday, so we're going to play some Fetty joints. And Revolt, we'll see you guys play later. It, no, it. no, I raced it. Play I feel bad for oh, anybody boy. having to go to uh, planned, was it planned Parenthood? Why do you feel bad for Why that? Why do you feel bad for Because, uh, you know, Charlamagne, you know too. On the way to the barbershop, there's a Planned Hollywood there. A Planned Hollywood? <laughs> wow. Who knew that you can get an abortion at Planned Hollywood, man? <laughs> And then get chicken fingers. Wow. <laughs> Have you tried? <laughs> this is amazing. You know I meant Planned Parenthood. You That's what I meant. I Ladies, what you if meant. your man was to take you on a date to Planet Hollywood, beware. <laughs> beware. This is bullying, man. He might be trying to take you to get an abortion. <laughs> this is bullying. Okay. <laughs> this is bullying. Jesus Christ. I just woke up. It was the first break. I just All woke right. up. Okay. You know what? All, All right. Forget you. All right. All right. All right, Revolt, we'll see you later. <laughs> I'm being bullied. I'm going human resources right now. You can't bully, You can't keep bullying you me. You should go to Planet Hollywood. <laughs> oh, I am kind of hungry. Get tested. <laughs> you know what? F y'all. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.